All right, we're back here at TD Garden with Merrimack and BU tied up at 2-2. At the end of the third period of the Hockey East Championship game, the next goal will win it, and it will come in overtime, but we don't know how far into overtime. Merrimack winning its third consecutive overtime game in the Hockey East Tournament. The first two, including last night's win over UMass Lowell, went to double overtime before the Warriors pulled them out. Can they do it for a third time in a row? This is Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy. Mike McMahon joins us again here uh, in this intermission. And, uh, Mike, boy, that third period, so many chances it seemed. Uh, even after the game was tied, first chances that the Warriors had to pull a hit by two and uh, weren't able to do so, and then even after the game was tied, uh, golden opportunities that somehow BU was able to keep the puck out of the net or a puck just you know, couldn't be gotten to in the crease. I mean, there have been loose pucks around the net. There have been bodies and sticks there, but uh, it's just been a matter of, you know, of uh, I guess really, <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure how much I believe in puck but I think we're seeing it tonight. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I thought Olaf made a couple of big saves too at the other end. I mean, there was one right out right after we scored to, to tie the game, uh, but a minute, minute and a half later, where it looked like they had a I mean, golden chance right in front. He got a glove on it. I mean, he's, uh, it, there's been times where. You can see the fatigue a little bit in, in the sense that I think when you really see it is right, like a sequence right at the end of the period. Uh, I forget who it was that had the puck for BU, but he, he took the puck from the right point, wheeled down behind the net, came back out in the left point. Like that's when like the fatigue really. And, and, and you know, in Merrimack's defense too, that the line that was out there was stuck out there for I think over a minute. But that, that's where you really see the fatigue set in is in instances like that where they can just kind of wheel around the zone, uh, and, and Merrimack just trying to pack it in and protect the house at that point because ch- chasing them is going to lead to to bad things. You know, we don't know what's going to happen here. Obviously, team that wins probably going to see the MVP come from that team and the uh, all tournament team things like that. Not that I mean those are just kind of inconsequential awards or what have you. But you know, last night after the game, I talked with Scott Bork. We talked about the defensive play, the play of the defensive core in general, and I just think the play of of Christian Felton in recent weeks in particular, you know, he's gradually gotten better throughout his time here, but the way that he's played the last few weeks, and you look at how few goals this team has allowed, um, how successful they've been on the penalty kill. I mean, it took a five-on-three to beat them finally here tonight, but uh, and what he's done at, at, uh, uh, you know, especially defensively, but then he also gets a big goal tonight. Um, Talk about an unheralded guy who has just really been such a key member of, of that defensive core this year. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because when he went down earlier in the year and missed a couple of weeks, right. you know they were they were nervous about that at the time, especially because their decor was so young. You know, otherwise, a lot of sophomores there, obviously. Um, and it hasn't even just been the, 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 the work he's done in the D zone. You look at what he's done with the puck in the offensive zone, rushing the puck. He's had a couple of chances tonight where he's taken the puck down low. Uh, obviously, had the goal on a chance where you know, he's he's pinching down low on, on a short end of chance because they, they had numbers going the other way. He, he's playing well in all three zones. It has for. for for a while, but especially down the stretch here. I mean, I, I, I make the argument throughout the entire playoffs run right now in these three games, he's been their best defenseman. Yeah. 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 But I would also say, actually, a close second has been Demon. I think Slava yeah. Demon has been really solid. That pairing has worked very well for them. Yeah, and they, I mean, those are two of the more experienced guys back there, too. So it's, those are the guys that you're going to lean on in these types of games. <laughs> uh, you know, not that, and, and that's not to say that the sophomores they have don't have experience, because the sophomores they have, have t- I mean, they all, they all played last year. Like, Zivlak played a lot last year. Mike Brown played in almost every single game, I think. So, uh, you know, the guys that they have there that are, that are sophomores are end of their sophomore years where they've played a ton. So, if, over the typical college hockey career where, where a guy, you know, might see 20 games as a freshman, they're kind of already you know, in the beginning of their junior year from an experience standpoint. 
want to ask you about how things stand as far as the pairwise go and Merrimack's situation for the NCAA tournament. We did talk about it in the last intermission. We'll probably do it every intermission, uh, as, as many as we have here. Um, if, if we had three of them last night. Uh, just to let you know, folks, Mike joined us three times last night. This is only the second time tonight, so you know he's got, still got some more to go maybe. But um, look like Colgate is ahead of Harvard by a couple of goals late in the game. Um, what else is going on? Yeah, Harvard's making a push there. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Like this time of year, you never say never. Uh, Minnesota State was down 2 nothing in the CCHA championship game with three minutes left. Had to kill a five-on-three, which they were able to kill, uh, and then scored two goals in the last three minutes to tie the game. So uh, they're tied up, I think, going in overtime as well. Uh, but, yeah, Colgate's up two goals there, 3-1, to one, about halfway through the third. Uh, you know, Merrimack, depending upon what happens here, may need Harvard to win that game. But they don't necessarily – it's not – the only result that they that they can use, uh, you know, if Harvard doesn't come back and Colgate wins that game, it's okay for Merrimack. Should they lose this game, uh, but they need St. Cloud State to beat Colorado College. That game's going into the second period right now. Uh, St. Cloud's up one nothing. Really outplayed CC in the first. I think the shots were thirteen to six or fifteen to six in the first period. Uh, so uh, St. Cloud State looks good so far. Colgate looks like they're not going to help Merrimack out. St. Cloud State may. Uh, still a lot of time left in that game. And obviously the biggest thing is Merrimack can just help themselves here if they get the next goal. Uh, let me ask you this. So kind of almost looking at worst-case scenario situation, right? Because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, this team could end up not winning the Hockey East Championship and then not going to the NCAA tournament. Um, how much would that hurt given everything that they have been able to do this year? And, you know, do they need to get something like that to validate what they've done? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think so, personally speaking. Like, it's the second most wins they've ever had in the Hockey East era. Uh, almost a match, you know, that 2011 team. Uh, you know, it's... Look, obviously you want to see that, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, would it diminish? I mean, in the moment, yeah, I'm sure. Like today, tomorrow, it would feel that way. Uh, get get a, week, a week out, two weeks out after the tournament's over and you start to really kind of reflect on the year. Uh, you know, I don't think it would, but in the immediate aftermath, yeah, of course. Yeah, it would sting a lot. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that you hope that if it, if it did come to that, that that's what would end up happening. I just, I think, I get the sense from, um, you know, some of the guys I'm talking, you may as well, that, I mean, there's a real strong feeling there that they want to do things that haven't been done before. And, they, you know, they've been pointing specifically at win the Hockey East Championship. They know that the, the, the school has never won it before. And, and so that's why I'm wondering, especially the way that this game developed. I mean, they haven't trailed yet in the game. They had the lead twice. They had the lead in the third period with more uh, of time left, you know, before BU was able to tie it. If uh, if they're not able to win it, how devastating is that going to be? I oh, I'm sure it's going to be completely devastating. Yeah, I mean, then, you know, you get the glimmer of hope if St. Cloud hangs on that you're still going to play. Um, you know, you become scoreboard watchers at that point, but it's one of those things where, like, honestly, I, I, I've gone through this with other teams before where you talk to them the next day and they're like, we weren't even really watching the scoreboard. We were just still kind of reeling from, from our game. Right. Uh, and sometimes guys don't even know until the next morning that they get in or, or something like that. Um, yeah, this one, I mean, they'll, they'll focus on next week if there is a next week once they get there. Obviously, 100% of the focus at this point in that, in that dressing room is on, is on winning this game. No question. Um, all right. So, uh, before we let you go, then, what what are what 
talk about focus of uh, trying to win this game. What is it that they're going to do or try to do here to come out in the third period, and how much do they have to manage? You know, we talked about earlier the fatigue factor, keep those shifts short. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a big part. Of it, just try to keep the shift short. They were doing that in the third period too. Uh, there was one shift in the Calvary line where they were only out there for about 20 seconds, but it, and that may be what you have to do at this point uh, in, in order to kind of manage it because it's. Double overtime the night before, like we said in the last break, uh, in the last intermission, late game, you're playing extra hockey here. I mean, if, if it hasn't set in yet, it's going to. You know, this is going to be one of the most fan- physically demanding things that they've had to do probably all year, even even more so than last week. Last week was a single game, and then they were done. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody was ready after that BC game last week to come back and play another one the following day. So uh, it, this is going to be as physically demanding a, a, an experience uh, that this team has gone through all season long. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, 2-2 here, uh, getting ready to go into overtime, and we'll talk to you after the first overtime. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Mike McMahon is our guest here from themacreport.com, the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, and more. Our score after three periods of the Hockey East Championship game is Merrimack 2, Boston University 2. We will be back with more, including the first overtime right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.